everybody. Welcome to today and welcome to Death Valley Girls podcast. Hope you had an amazing march and learned a lot. Super excited to be here now in the time of April, the birth month of our very own Larry. I'm Bonnie and I get to talk to the heroes about the paranormal and what excites them. I'm so excited to talk to you today about Jack Watterson. Jack, as local legend has it, is the coolest. He is such a sweet and smart guy, and he owns our favorite musical instrument store in the world, Future Music. Jack is an unlimited musician and has played with too many exciting and amazing musicians to list. Here we get to talk about New York in the 70s, veterans, the effects war has on a nation and its kids, paying your dues, taking cues, being a friend, and ghosts. I love Jack, and I know you will too. Please welcome to your head and heart, hero Jack Watterson. Hi Bonnie. So good to see you. Good to see you too. Um, I know. It's been a it's been a long time. I know. The How's whole that... duration of the Ronas, I haven't seen you. The whole duration of the uh, coronavirus, I haven't seen you. So it's good to I see know. you. It's good to see you too. I've missed you a lot, missed your store Likewise. a lot. Um, Thank you. It seems like you're having fun over there though. Um, you know, it that's one of the beautiful things about being self-employed is that you know, I can wake up in the morning and decide I want to do something different and I can do something different. And I don't have anybody to discuss it with or anything. I can just do it. And so I try to make the best out of any situation. Yeah. And it, because so much of life is perspective anyway, that yeah. it's all how you look at it and how you take it. And I've gotten great lessons from friends and family over the years. And, you know, you just try to put the, you have so much juice every day. Try to put it into good things. That's so you know? cool. And don't bog down, you know, don't get caught up on things you can't do anything about, you know. That's so um, cool. I mean, we live in a world that's immediately around us, and it's very easy to forget that because we get caught up in things that are so distant. But, you know, who are you to your neighbors? Wow. You know, yeah. are you the person that, you know, stops at the stop sign when nobody's looking? <laughs> You know, like how do you roll like how do you treat, how do you treat this world like what do you do you know do you pick up the trash it's not yours like what do you do so there's so many things that we can affect just in a first-hand manner you know and that's really what's important anyway i mean that's so I, try, I try to stay in that you know my little yeah. my little circle you know is that a perspective you grew into or like how do you how does one come to that perspective and achieve awareness enough to live in that perspective humility like from experience i mean no i mean i've, I've you know i'm 62 and i've been around the horn many times and <laughs> you know you learn to not to take things for granted and you know how transient life is anyway and what really does make anything special you know is your engagement and being present and i mean sometimes the only thing you can ever offer is being present yeah. And that counts for a lot. And we live in a world that sort of discourages the being present. Yeah. You know? It doesn't, it definitely doesn't, uh, um, what's it called? Reward presence. I don't think like a reward. I don't know. I mean, because the thing is we all want an authentic existence, whether you know how to put your finger on it or not, you know, you want to feel that you, what you do is valid. The things you engage are valid and meaningful. You want to be meaningful. You know, and so, well, how do you do that? And really, it's 
start with the you start with the simple stuff. <laughs> like, how am I around the people I encounter? You know, yeah, am I pleasant well, or am I I'm an asshole? Like, what do I do? You know? Yeah, so. I mean, I don't think that that I don't think that that's super common. I, and I found more and more in this time of like, for me, I've used this time. I mean, it's my most solitude I've ever had because I haven't toured for a year. You know, so it's you, like, yeah. I mean, so, that, I, I've I've thought about you during this whole thing, and I realize that you know, I mean, one thing I know you're about is touring. I mean, we've talked many times on the yes. coast of going out on the road, and um, well, I don't you know, find and, I I don't find people like you often on the road. I think. Do you know that that you're super special and unique? And well, that's that's very generous. But also remember, <laughs> when you're a touring musician. You're never anywhere for more than 24 hours, right? So everything comes and goes so quick. Yeah. Like, I've been to so many cities in the world for a day. Yeah. And then you go back four or five times. Now you kind of know it, but you've never been there for more than a day. So you never really, you know, you never really know. And I mean, you know, the, the life of a touring musician is a very strange thing at best because there are people that have a vested interest in you being all right and being taken care of. So, you know, yeah. uh, people I play with, we've been to Russia twice. That's so cool. And it's incredible. Yeah. I would get on a plane right now and go. That's your number one. If you could go somewhere, you'd go to Russia or top three. Oh, man, I think Brazil <gasps> might really swing it for me. Really? Wow. Uh, Brazil, Brazil is an amazing mix of people. And, you know, I wouldn't recommend for anybody without street smarts okay. because you could get into some <laughs> shit real easy. Like, yeah. I grew up in New York in the seventies and it was, you know, I, I think about that's my filter is, yeah, you know, that walk so cool. from the Port Authority building to Penn Central, you know, to Penn Station yeah. on 42nd street. Yeah. Then was, you know, I would do that when I was a 13 year old kid in like 72. That's and, so cool. Well, you would see every hustle known to mankind and then being a 13 year old kid, you know, like, yeah get away from it as quick as you can or whatever but um That's yeah so, so i was cool. i kind of reflect on that i mean because you know you know you're from new york so you know i lived there for a while yeah that's so cool new interesting york in the place 70s. that's amazing that's like it I, was I mean, that made everything uh or it made a lot of cool stuff <laughs> well i mean artistically because it still had you know this crazy unique pulse and voice which it still does of course um but at the time you know artists could live there yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then when it got to be that artists couldn't live there anymore they kind of shifted to brooklyn and now i'm not sure where it's at because i've heard that you know it's starting to depopulate a little bit so maybe it's going to come back you know that would be amazing it's a city that deserves a voice like that that's true yeah it seems like every decade I mean, I'm sure everywhere, but every decade it seems so special there um, so far. Hopefully, it's you know, it's it's. I don't know. I mean, to really, it's one of those things about this country to really understand this country. It's important to understand New York. Yeah. So, if you're from this country or not, it's a really important thing to wrap your head around the history of it, how it broke, you know, how it lays out, what it is now, what it has been. Yeah, the history of it. I mean, why Wall Street is Wall Street. Why is Wall Street Wall Street? That was a wall built to keep people out. No way. <laughs> yes. And wow. so that's where the wall was. 
That's and so cool. there was a wall there to keep people out from coming in from the north. I don't know. Because it's like cool. from Battery Park North. Yeah. The wall, it's like through Financial District now, but that's where the wall was. And yeah. That's why it's Wall Street. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's, it's insane. History is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I love pictures of like Brooklyn as uh, farmlands and stuff. That's so mm-hmm. cool. Just thinking about, you know, just time lapse that city building is so cool and gross, oh, but also so cool. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, I mean, some of the buildings you go into. I mean, over the years, some of the places I've been into, like railway cars in the early eighties like how they looked and the hallways, the wood worn down. So it's cupped the whole way. Every stair cupped from how many people walked up and down. And these places just like everything barely working. And like, how much are you paying? It's like, really? Like you live here. This is amazing. Well, that really is. I didn't. uh, Thank you for reminding me of that, that reality, the seventies, New York grit. That seems um, unique, unique, so unique, so special. And you grew up as a kid during that. That's so awesome. Yeah, um, it was interesting. So from there, you went to Arizona? Or where did you go? I lived in Arizona for five years. So from when I was 16 to 21. Oh, okay. And then I started, I started playing music there. And I moved out here um, with the band that became the band Green on Red. Which, yeah. you know. So is cool. What, they would have did. Well, no, I mean, considering like we came from nothing. Uh, I mean, we moved here. Three of us lived in a studio apartment and we shoplifted groceries. <laughs> My mattress I found on the street. We had two television sets. One had picture, one had sound. That's so cool. We had to get them. Had to, you know, because yeah. you might be watching the Jeffersons, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> it was a match game. Or something. Um, yeah. You know, but it was rugged. And, you know, but the fact that I we hung in there and we did it and I'm still in touch with those guys and they're much loved brothers. And, you know, the the amount of work that we've done collectively is staggering. It's a staggering thing. I'm very proud of that whole association. That's so cool. Um, But that brought me here and that's why I'm in Los Angeles. That's so cool. This isn't an important question, but uh, what does green on red mean? Does it mean something? Um, it was a metaphor about uh, veterans. Oh. Is what it started as, and it was a song. We we moved out here, and we were called the Surfers, which was spelled S E R F E R M. Okay, wow, Very clever. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> so, so we realized that a friend of ours' uncle said, "You know, a joke's not funny if you have to explain it." So. We realized it was stupid. So we had done a song and um, the, the bar that we played in, we were all um, old enough to have witnessed the Vietnam War, not directly, but through the older brothers and the dudes in our neighborhoods and watch them go in the draft wow. and see that whole thing and the terror of that, you know, you There's a reason to- they don't draft anybody anymore, man, because, you know, if you think about it, the draft is what capitulated the entire youth movement of the 60s and led to the end of the Vietnam War, a cultural revolution, right? Because you could be drafted out of high school, but you couldn't vote till you're 21. Oh, shit. I- All right. So everybody faced this. Everybody faced this. And um, so we were old enough to remember this, but not old enough to be subject to it. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, the, that kind of uh, lingering artifact of the threat of being drafted yeah. like that, you know? So I don't know. No, that's but it, cool. so, so the veterans that were left over after the Vietnam, they were the majority of the homeless population in, L- in the United States. Yeah. So there was a time in the eighties and late seventies where you get panhandled and you look at the person, you go, you're a vet. You go, yeah. Um, so the bar we initially started playing during the day, Arizona had really good public service at the time. And so veterans would stay there because the weather was livable and all that. Yeah. And they actually, so a lot of these cats lived on top of the building we ended up playing in and they'd be in there. And so this would get into really interesting shit all the time because there were these kids, crazy punk rock stuff and these dudes who were veterans and some of them got it and some of them did not get it. Yeah. And this club would have, you know, there'd be very hairy incidents inside wow. of you. And so, you know, we were, you know, of the age, we were certainly sympathetic with the, the people that had served in Vietnam. And so it weighed on us because, you know, we witnessed it. And then here we are. And, you know, I worked in a shop when I was 19 and I was the only person in that shop that was not a Vietnam veteran. That is really and these guys, wild clung to each other and the PTSD and the episodes that would happen and the freaking out and the drugs and booze. I mean, it was nuts. And I was like 19, (laughs) but I grew up, my parents were both veterans. So I've been around this, you know, both of your parents. Did they, did they discuss uh, that with you? I mean, did they talk about their experiences? No, no. Yeah. Very rarely. My, my parents actually met, in Hawaii right before World War II started. Wow. My mother was an officer in a hospital there. My father was a officer in the infantry in the South Pacific. And, you know, I mean, he had crazy PTSD and he wouldn't, he wouldn't hit us. He'd look at us and he'd say, you know, I'd hit you, but I'm afraid I'm going to kill you. So I never, I wasn't hit as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) But I had to, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, shit. I mean, I know this guy killed a lot of people. And so I grew up around it. So I've always, you know, veterans, you know, I'm not one, but man, I, I've seen it. it. That's, I've seen it. Yeah, I don't have that experience at all. I'm my grandpa uh, in Korea, but uh, I don't even think he went. I think he didn't go because. I think he was a proud veteran of having not gone because he something about like his foot or back or something, but he, he loved vets and giving back and stuff, but that's crazy. Wow. That's really, really unique. Wild. You know, I mean, and I see it in people, like I'll meet people and, you know, I've had customers and people I encounter or whatever. Yeah. They're veterans. And it's like the weight of it is so heavy. We really, you know, it's a, it's a very sad chapter in this country's history. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. When I moved to uh, New York, I moved there when I was 17 and uh, I lived um, between Bellevue and the VA on first and like 25th street. So in the mornings, <laughs> like I didn't have any friends yet, but I, I would like go through where the vets hung out and like, smoke weed with them because they all mm-hmm. smoked weed before like they went in and did stuff and it was like it wasn't something oh, yeah. I could understand but that, that's as close as I got to vets is just 
smoking weed with them. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, waiting in line at the VA hospital and how they get treated by the VA yeah. is shameful. Yeah. You no, know, they, I mean, there should be an open door, whatever you need. Who cares about your history and your substance abuse? It yeah. doesn't matter, man. Like, yeah. I don't care if a dude was a junkie and did time. You're a veteran. What do you need? But they make this equation in the whole thing and they start evaluating your life and what you've done. That's and then they'll design your benefits based on that. That's, I mean, I, it's, I think uh, I have no, it's not part of reality because it's too extreme to um, imagine. Um, mm-hmm. But so you feel like, I mean, it seems like the 60s people, you're saying that you know, teenagers and stuff like revolted in a way and caused change. Absolutely. I mean, cause that's what, that's what, it, what it was about. And these things all coalesce. So the civil rights movement at the same time, you had, you know, cultural awakening, you had a youth that was put in a position of having to serve in the military. Against yeah, I mean, that, I can't, women, I can't in something they didn't believe in. Yeah. I can't be around people if their mood shifts like a little bit. I can't imagine being forced to kill someone. Like I can't, I, I, I'm too sensitive to be around someone sad without trying to make them happy. Like, but why do you think that change? Like, why do you think that we're not doing that now? Like making change happen? Like, why aren't we just like a revolution that's changing stuff? Why aren't we doing that? Well, with the, just the nature of mankind, it's tough. But with the way nature of life here in this country is, because there's no support, everybody's on their own. To get anybody to empathize or sympathize with anybody else's plight is very tough in this country, <laughs> straight up. Why? And it's something that's endemic in culture, because you're raised in a way where there's no safety net for you. You want to go to school? Get in debt. You know, you want this, you're going to get that. And then it's one monetary, you know, equivalent after the next, after the next, after the next. Where do you live? What do you drive and all this shit? So life gets devalued through all that. So it's hard to get anybody to care about anybody else. It really is. But and people have moments like, you know, on Christmas, everybody wants, that's always bugs me about the holidays. It's one of the many things like everybody wants to help somebody then. It's like, the fuck are you going to be in March, man? Yeah, you know, like you're all into it now. Like, what about June, man? What are you yeah. going to do in June? Well, I'm, I'm kind of having a hard. Today's uh, International Women's Day. Um, it which, is. It is. <laughs> and I'm kind of, and congratulations as a powerful woman. Thank you. I I thank you so much. But yeah, it's these these holidays. I I'm glad people remember stuff uh, when they're it's uh, allotted to them time to. Um, yeah, people, I, it always seems such like false sentiment shit, you know, because you're either on that spectrum or you ain't, <laughs> you know, you're either in it or you're not. And yeah. that's just the way it is. And everybody's got something to learn and everybody's got something to improve on. We know that. Yeah. But, you know. I, yeah. I I agree. It's like you know, you're either you're either doing this all the time or you're not. Yeah, <laughs> totally. That's cool. I um, might might work on that and make a t shirt, something about that. You're either in or you're uh, uh, <laughs> you know, be it be it or don't be it, you know. Yeah. One or the other. Man. Pick something and do it. Like yeah. whatever it is, you want to do it. Well, I wanna talk a little bit about future music because I love it so much and Thank uh you. 
there's always just a place that is like the center, the hub of community. Um, and it's like you're like Willy Wonka or something. You have like the chocolate factory. And, you know, just like when I first moved back to Los Angeles, it was like, you know, I, I would just go there like hoping to see someone that also plays music. You know, that idea like when you just want to see someone and maybe they'll ask you to be in their band or whatever, <laughs> like whatever idea it is. But it's so cool. You have, you know, the coolest place. Can you talk a little bit about your store, your time there and your friends and what it means to you? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I got into the business in the late 80s. I had was living off a publishing deal, and so I didn't have to work. But I wandered around Hollywood like a crazy person, and I would just walk when I had no agenda, and I would just do nothing, you know. So I, a friend of mine who owned this music store asked me if I'd worked there for a couple of days. And I was like, "Sure, man." I hadn't worked a job in my twenties. Like I hadn't worked from the time I was probably about twenty-one or twenty-two to when I was about probably twenty-eight or nine, something like yeah. that. And this is thought of working. I was like, <clears throat> okay, I'll do yeah, that. Totally and so I, I worked at the store and it went really well because I found it fascinating because this thing I spent so much time working on and playing live and touring and all this. And um, I could inform people. I could just share that thing with them and then they'd share what they had with me. And then a lot, some of the encounters were incredible, you know, so this insane give and take. And then also I wasn't the friendliest person in the world. And if I didn't know you, I really wouldn't say anything to you. And I got hardened by being in clubs a lot where if I didn't know you and you came up, said something to me, I'd turn around and walk away from that. And like, I was so antisocial. So I knew that having to care about somebody else's problem was mentally healthy for me. Good job. Good job figuring that out. Caring about somebody else's problem no matter what it is stuff that might seem like super mundane but it makes me um it gets me outside of myself which is positive for me so and then i just tried to have a store like i'd want to walk into yeah that's just straight up no bullshit respectful um and remembers the main agenda which is you try to get everybody that comes in when they walk out, they're further along than they were when they walked in. Wow. So you can do that. Yeah. So you can help them get further along, even if it's an inch or a mile, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But if it's like, I'm encouraged now, or I don't need to buy that. I already got this or whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter, you know, because the money is really meaningless and it's extremely transient and it's nothing you value anything on anyway. Yeah. So it pays bills. And replenishes shit. And that's it. That's all it does. So who cares about money's like, this is nothing to do to be wealthy anyway. So yeah, no, it's more, I get to encourage the arts to live. And so something that's given one of the greatest things and uh, Adrian, who studio this is, um, you know, very good friend of mine for a long time. And he, I'm, you know, I met him as a um, customer. And a young dude would come in and ask me really interesting questions. And then he'd disappear and come back two weeks later and argue with me. And then we'd talk about some other shit. And I'd turn him on to King Crimson. And he'd make sure that I understood the value of Wu-Tang. And so we had this great give and take. And so we've been playing together for 13 years or so. So cool. Um, 
Yeah. And so, you know, the people you meet and how you can sort of just encourage them to do their thing. And then, I mean, you and I have talked plenty. It has nothing to do with you buying a damn thing for me. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Because what's the real value of it anyway? You know, no, what's, what is it, you know, at the end of the day, what is it? What really matters? You know, You're, I, think that, I think that if that's not your uh, motto or slogan or whatever, no. like helping you further along the path, then you start out. That that's is exactly. Everything. Yeah. You're I feel like I've gotten so much sound advice and and never. Yeah. And encouragement um, and some discouragement from buying some stuff that I shouldn't. Bye. No, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> if I think you're making a bad move, I'm yeah, you've definitely stopped me. Although, I, yeah, uh, the Hagstrom you guys hated that one Hagstrom. You guys were just like, "That's not a good guitar," and I was like, "Yes, it no. is." Well, I would have made sure that if it wasn't going to live up to the standards, I would. Yeah, talk. it okay. didn't. You're right, and that's cool. Yeah. That's but nice the, you know, <laughs> there's there's two things that you know. I realize that like everything I know is meaningless unless I give it away. So that's an important thing. Yeah, and. Uh, a lot of the reason I do what I do for a living is, you know, because when I was a kid, there was a music store in New York. Uh, me and my friends were shitheads and we were shoplifting and breaking into stores and doing all this crap. And if we saw you shoplifting, we'd go take your stuff and tell you not to come back. And um, so we saw these kids shoplifting sticks, went after them, took the, uh, everything they had. And I went back to the music store owner and I said, Hey man, you're always cool with us. We saw these kids stealing these sticks and I'm bringing them back. And he said, yeah. he goes, you can hang out here every day if you want. And I did. So when I was about 12 or 13, that's, so that's when that happened. And I hung out every day. That's So, so I, I'm, I've been repaying that my whole life. <laughs> that's so, that's I'm repaying it. That's the whole thing. Yeah, because these dudes were the you know showed me guitar chords, let me play out of a Marshall, and <laughs> you know talk shit to me, turn me on to Iggy Pop, and like you know all this crazy stuff, man. Like you know, I, one dude was a glam guy, another guy was like a country rocker, another dude was a Christian dude that played a classical guitar, and the other guy was like a jazz dude, right? And so I had a thing with all of them. Like, they all liked me. Yeah. And I was this dumb kid that would hang out. They'd make me sweep up or whatever. And I'd listen to their bullshit and talking about going to shows and all this. But that's how I got into it. Was, that's that's so cool. got my interest, you know. So I've been repaying it, you know. Yeah. I, I guess, well, this year is kind of weird. But I guess, um, there, I guess there must be all different age people that come into your store because it's on such a good street for yeah, I mean, you know, it's a, it's an, I mean, because of the Ronas, things have changed, but, the, you know, the positive thing is I've cut out a lot of people that were just spinning wheels and they weren't, you know, their agenda, their agenda is not really like, you know, because I don't care what you're doing as long as you're doing something. Yeah. But when it's just idle, it's yeah. really soul sucking because I want to put my time into people that are trying to do something. Yeah. So I've cut all them out. And uh, now it's really great because I put better time with good people. And that it, it's nice. It's a very nice thing. Yeah. That's so cool. I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't know. Let's just say in the afterlife, there's a, a mm -hmm. situation um, where you're standing in line and you're filling out like a card. It's like your mm -hmm. cosmic business card. It's, it's your life and your soul purpose and meaning like, um, like my my cosmic business card would be like dog lover, songwriter, singer, um, invertebrate, f 
fan, like what would your cosmic business card say? Um, I don't know. I'd say I'd be your friend. You know what I mean? Because I, I genuinely like people and I'll yeah. give anybody a chance. And the more sort of, I like trying to make friends with people that don't want to have any. That's like, can I, wear, can I yeah. wear you down and be so nice to you that eventually you'll say hey to me? Yeah. You know, That's I like being, I like being a regular, you know, yeah. and showing up all the time and living in a neighborhood and walking around and everybody knows you. <laughs> And I want people to feel comfortable around me. And like, I'm the dude, hey, man, if there's some shit, come get me. I'll help you out. Because, you know, again, I mean, what really matters in life? That's what really matters, man. And that's what matters is you're in, you know, how, unlike we started this conversation, it's how you are in the present. And that's the same thing. It's how you are right now. Yeah. Um, Can I ask you about uh the paranormal or supernatural Um, whatever you want i got stories girl i got (laughs) things to say yeah what do you want to know um well i guess just mainly is that um is there something that has happened to you uh on on tour at home anytime um that you feel you just can't explain by regular regular law would you like something that's more sort of spirit related or would you like something that's more sort of on the extraterrestrial tip? Wow. Oh man. I love both. Can you tell both? Which one? Okay. How about, one to I want to hear some spirit stuff. I need, I need okay. to connect. I lived in a house in New York. Um, didn't have any particular history that I knew about, but it had like many houses, a terrifying basement. <laughs> and basements in New York is a real, you know, in the East Coast is a real thing because it's sometimes it's a storage facility. Sometimes it's a shooting range. Sometimes it's a pool room. Sometimes it's where the teenage kids would have the turntable and the older brothers would play you stuff. You know, I mean, so yeah. it could be anything. But the one in the house we lived in was terrifying. And I don't <laughs> know why, but there was a family room as well. And it was cold and we didn't really spend any time in there. So we basically, you know, had this, my parents owned this house and they had like, we lived in the top part of it. And it was cold in New York, whatever. So if you turn the light off in the basement you couldn't run fast enough out of this place. And, you know, even in summertime when it was warm, nobody really spent any time in that family room. It was basically vacant. Right. Um, my sister, a very intelligent woman, and she got into tarot cards and all sorts of shit as a yeah. young girl. And so <laughs> I was probably about 10, 11, 10 or 11. And uh, she said to me one time, she goes, you know, if I say something at night, it gets repeated to me. And I was like, no, really? And she goes, yeah, of course. You know, I was in my room. <laughs> and I say something I was like suspicion <laughs> and it was a real thing and so oh my it God. totally it kind of wigged me out but you know I could talk to my sister about it and she was kind of engaged in the whole thing not really asking questions of this but just kind of yeah. poking at it a little bit and um <laughs> The basement remained terrifying. And my brother, and so this is where it got interesting. My brother, 
is a very um, stoic, non-nostalgic, no sentiment kind of guy, unlike me. And um, he didn't give a shit. He never heard anything. And he moved into the basement <laughs> when he was like when he was like eighteen. He moved into the basement, Whoa. and I couldn't believe it because I thought, <laughs> sure, be like eaten alive by something, but. <laughs> Because That's he so he would rationalize it off or it never bothered him or whatever it was. But he had no problem down there. And even when he lived down there, if I had to go, like, turn off a light or something, I swear to God, you couldn't run fast enough. Yeah. Out of that room. That's but, you know, you get creeped out. And when you're a kid, you know, you get it's not too hard to get creeped out. Yeah. But I also think when you're younger, because you haven't. um come up with a million ways to rationalize everything because the older you get like oh that's gotta be this and this is gotta yeah. be that like oh that would make sense now you know you, you're more like oh my god that happened you know? <laughs> yeah so that was that was an interesting yeah how that was interesting. how much hmm? older is your sister my sister yeah a couple years couple years that's not quite two years yeah, my brother's like eight years older than me. Oh, okay. And I was super tight with my sister when I was a kid. Yeah. And so, but she was very, she's a very intelligent woman and kind yeah. of spectrally. Yeah. And, um, and I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she was invested in all sorts of shit. And, you know, this is, this would have been probably about like 1969 or 70, something so like fun. that. Such a good yeah. time for Terry. So it was, Dang. that was pretty wild. And then, um, yeah. For a recent one, this is a good one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you. For I was shipping um, a lot of stuff to the East Coast. And I went to a shipping agent that a friend of mine had recommended down south of the L.A. airport. Right? And I go, my, you know, unload the stuff. There it is. You're going to weigh it. Wrap it with cellophane. Okay, cool. We go up to the office. <laughs> Here comes the money part, whatever, the paperwork. I'm sitting there. The guy's got a, um, I got a big pit bull okay. and uh, dogs like the office dog. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting in the chair. Paperwork. Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. How much? see out of the corner of my eye a big black dog walking into an office and i go hey man whose dog is whose big dog is that and he goes what are you talking about and i go i just saw a big black dog walk in that office and he goes are you serious and i'm like i'm dead serious dude (laughs) and he goes there's no other dog in here he said we think it's mother spirit it's my old rottweiler and he goes people see it every now and then what? That is so far out. Yeah, this is about maybe seven years ago. But I was just sitting there like, well, we're doing the paperwork. It's like dumb shit in some office yeah. building. And, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm like, whose dog is that? Because I'm, I'm, you know, I didn't think anything twice. I'm like, hey, whose dog? That's good to know. <laughs> that's like, that's good to know. That's crazy, though. It's yeah. No, like, I, I'm a real believer that, um, that we don't know anything and that I, I don't know. I don't yes. think like things are maybe ghosts or whatever. I think it's either energy or spirits or a combination. You know, it doesn't have to be anything so extreme, but. Um, well, I, well think- I think that, you know, the things do get imprinted. Yeah. Um, physical living beings are electric. Yeah. We have electrical current in us. 
And that's a real thing. Um, You know, we're chemical. There were a lot of things. And, you know, I don't believe in human exceptionalism. Like, well, we're, you know, this is we're the only ones of the, you know, I don't believe in any of that shit. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, the worm people somewhere, you know, are way (laughs) different. (laughs) <laughs> their, yeah. their, their jazz is way sweeter you know so i i don't know um, oh my god but we, we we have you know we have with what we have to deal with but you know i mean i i also think that depending on how sort of open-minded you are and like if you're like i empathize that's part of my problem in life is i empathize and i think when you're like that you might be slightly more prone to see this kind of shit yeah, for Maybe. sure. Yeah, well, you're open. You're open and sensitive yeah. and, um, yeah, open to being sensitive, I think. Yeah, I, I try to be, you know, I try to be aware, too. You know, yeah. the, the day my father died, um, that's okay. It's a long time ago. <laughs> um, the day my dad died, uh, the family gathered. And it was in the day, and I was like, I, I'm going to take a bath, right? And so I go into the bathroom, and I turn the um, faucet on, and I walked out because it took time to fill. And I was in the other room, and I was talking to one of my family members, and all of a sudden, I, I hear my dad's voice in my head. Don't leave the water running in the tub and walk out of the room. And I'm sure he told me that because he flooded a bathroom once. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, shit. I go back, and I run over to the bathroom nobody been there the water was off yeah no so things like that happen and well i mean yeah. was it you know who knows like could it have been something or whatever but it's you know because of the way we think and the way we are i can contextualize that in a way that makes me you know feel like oh this could have been something or some sign or something like that or is it is you know is it who knows like i i can't answer that question all i can say is to the best of my recollection what happened and that's yeah. it that's so cool. That's so cool. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I I love the idea of um of a dog uh just doing its thing, still just doing Yeah. Its thing. Well, I I don't know, man. I don't I don't necessarily see cats. Man, <laughs> I love cats. I have two of them, but I don't see, but dogs it's really weird because you associate with them in a very different way and yeah. you know, you pack numbers and all that. I mean, you know, you have a dog. And um, I had a dog and he passed away. And, you know, that's um, okay. That happens. I had to put him, I had to put him down. That was, that's why I don't have another dog. I had had to put him down and it was like, I can't do it, man. Like life's painful enough to inflict it on yourself. It's like, you know, I I just can't, I can't volunteer for the crew. Um, (laughs) So I, I, I had thought that the, this friend of mine who cleaned pools for a living had passed away and he loved my dog. Yeah. And I remember one time thinking about the whole thing and I said, you know, I was like, if, if my dog could hear me on the other side, I said, you know what, man, if you want to, if you want to hang out with him, it's okay. You don't have to wait for me. You can be Jesus' <laughs> dog. Like I'm cool. Like if you want to go hang out with him because you guys totally got along. Yeah. I'm down. Like you can, you can go be his dog. Like you don't need to wait. You can go. You know? That's sweet. So, that's really yeah, sweet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it is related to a different. No, that's yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, I. I mean, my dog is definitely we're equally each other's like um, emotional support 
animal. Like I'm emotional. I mean, you get so linked in. Yeah. She's like, honestly, she, she goes to bed at seven. That's the only time she's like an independent creature is around seven. She's like, all right, peace. And then she goes to bed, but otherwise she'd be like up here just trying to get at my head. Um, Mm -hmm. But I kind of realized like, yeah, just this year I was like, Oh, okay. This is equal. Like this is totally equal. We need each other. And you know, it's like, (laughs) it's, it's an equitable deal. You know, I mean, I, I adore them, but just, you know, after being through that, I was no, like, I, I, I can't imagine. I, it's, well, I mean, I figure like at some point I'm going to be wandering somewhere with, you know, all my belongings on my back or something. And some dogs going to come running up to me. I'm going to go get away from me. Like, get out of here. Yeah. And they'll keep following me. I'm like, yeah, yeah. get away. And then that I'll makes sense. Say, yeah. yeah. I'll eventually say, all right, well, here have something to eat. Well, <laughs> Hang out. Yeah. You have cool. So is no one else in the shop? There is no one else in the shop with you now. Well, working with me. Yeah. No, Brian has been. Oh, okay. But and then, um, yeah, the techs have the techs have pieced out. Jonathan, who would bring his dogs all the time. Yeah. Um, he's a really successful comedian. No way! So, That's so cool. You didn't know that? Um, mm. Yeah, it's fascinating. About ten years ago, he started what a lot of people consider to be the godfather of comedy podcasts. Oh no way! And that's gone into like this. You know, they were they were always in like the top ten of YouTube's comedy podcasts and um, huge Patreon thing. And he just did a deal with um, Twitch. So, <laughs> and he's awesome. worked for me because he. Um, I think it was mental therapy and yeah. being around the equipment, you know, um, yeah. and, and like he got, he got the same thing out of it that I do, which is like, you know, caring about somebody else's thing yeah. and getting into your own head is totally. really good for you. So yeah. uh, I, I can't, th- if you, if you got that personality, you know? Yeah. I think, I mean, from I, I, when we're, except for this year, like I've gotten jobs, like day jobs, uh, even though, you know, we're usually not home for more than a month at a time. But mm-hmm. if we ever have like three months, I'll get a job because it's good for you. <laughs> like, uh, it it's just good for you. Um, and and it's bad for you to be just like on tour 100 percent, 100 percent and then zero crazy for more than a month. Just like it's tough, man. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. I mean, past couple of tours that I've done when it ended. I collapsed like no. it was bad. You know, I mean, I, we toured in Europe and the last night was in Manchester. And the day after that, it's just, I fell off a cliff. I was incapacitated oh like God. the morning of the next day. And I was like, well, you know, I never, I don't ever feel that way. You know, yeah. I mean, it was, it was just really weird. And then uh, we ended a big tour of the United States. We did like 50 dates and it was like 17,000 miles crazy. And so we did the last date here at the lodge room. And um, the next day I felt like I walked up a cliff, you know, and it was, it was really sort of the, you know, you get used to that grind every day yeah. and you live that life and you're around those people and you're doing the same thing and you're like yeah. trying to take care of yourself and whatever, trying to play the best show you can, you know, yeah. Be nice to people after the show. You think you played like that? <laughs> Put on a good face. Yeah. Try to sell a t-shirt. You know, whatever it is. And uh, 
You know, I mean, it, it, you get into a pattern of it, and then when it's over, it's over. So I went, I, I fell off the cliff so hard, I started asking friends at tour if it happens to them. And it was amazing. Like, it was a fascinating conversation. I would ask people, like, hey, when you finish it, because it never happened to me before in my life. This was yeah. this current recent phenomenon. I talked to a friend, like, I talked to Ty about it, Ty Siegel, yeah. and he was, you know, said, oh, yeah, man, I always plan something to do for when I get home. Yeah. Admit the play. Oh yeah, you know my buddy won all the ready. Everybody, man, everybody was like telling me these stories, you know. And so I'm like, oh yeah, the secret is you got to have something to do. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I had even if you make it up. It's yeah, no, totally. You know? I had one tour we had that, um, which is really weird. But I had <laughs> this is kind of like a Christian Science thing or something. But I had like mm-hmm. strep throat. I didn't know I had it, but. Went into the doctor and I was like, I'm so sick. I have like 103 fever. I think I have strep throat. I have to play uh, a festival this weekend. And then we're starting like a month tour or whatever. And he was like, I looked in there and he's like, I don't think you have strep throat, but like, here's some antibiotics. Uh, Just take it or whatever. And then I, I played, that was like desert days. I played that played it so bad, so high on a fever. Like I started walking off stage, like hugging friends on the side, you know, just like worst show, almost like blackout (laughs) drunk, like so embarrassing, all the pictures. Then we did the full tour and I was fine the whole time. And then when I got back home, like I had strep throat. It was like I pushed it off magically somehow for like a month, just like pushed it away. And then the minute we got home, I stopped doing anything and I got, I had it. And it was like, it's just like your body is like super or like has a superpower of just being like, of being able to do that job. It's such a specific job. Like, well, I think, you know, I mean, (laughs) yeah, you take what you do seriously. And so, (laughs) you know, there's, there's an adrenaline applied to it because I mean, there's a lot, you know, getting up, going someplace, Figuring it out, walking in the building, loading all the crap in, going <laughs> yeah. to that. What am I going to eat? Okay, focus, got to go play. Okay, you know, don't drink too much, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Do that to the best of your ability, then be nice, and then load up all the crap <laughs> and go stay somewhere. I mean, it's just wild life, you know. It's yeah. a very tough thing to manage. I think you can get through on kind of fumes and adrenaline, too, yeah. you know, because you get so locked into the whole thing. Well, that's know? cool to know, though, that people like I just planned my life of just like month on month off. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what's so far out about this whole thing is just like, I didn't get a job. I didn't do anything. I mean, I've whatever have been doing stuff, but it is like a weird Mm -hmm. this year has just been learning, (laughs) just like thinking and learning. Um, Well, it's, you know, I mean, the best thing to do is take advantage of the space, you know, because so much of the normal way the world works is kind of taking a nap. Yeah. And it's given a chance to take a look at things that we never would have had yeah. if this didn't happen. Like things yeah. slowed down, like no traffic. Yeah. People not out, you know, um, there's a quiet to it all. It's sort of a chance to see what the fuck is really up. And I mean, that's, that's sort of the, you know, one of the strange takeaways of the whole thing really yeah. is, man, you can see how flawed our lifestyle is. Yeah. I didn't you know, how marginalized people are. Yeah, totally. I, I, I have not learned. I mean, I've learned more this year than I've ever, ever, ever learned about real life. Right. About well, you know, it's, it's important to make the best with the time, you know, Yeah. and investing in yourself is a huge thing. So, yeah. 
You know, I mean, that's what I've been trying to do is, you know, find new things that give me the thrills the old chick gave me and then invest in myself and time and all that. And then stay positive, keep moving and then encourage people to do the same thing. Yeah. You know? How, is there anything like specific that you found that you would like to share? <laughs> Just um, well, I've done my first bit of cinematic acting. So no way. That's so yeah, cool. So that, that comes out on um, <laughs> March 24th on Amazon. That's so soon. That's so cool. Congratulations. Thank so, you. Wow, that's so cool. That's a huge thing. It's it's interesting. You know, but I, I do things artistically, and I don't, you know, I don't know if it's good, bad, or I have no idea. Like, I'm the worst. I, I lose perspective. I'm not the person to ask about the set list. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not good at that. Oh, really? I, try to do the I just try to do the best I can to get out. You know what I mean? So <laughs> like, cool. just do it. But it was um, a film that Adrian um, put together as part of um, like sort of a, a triad of things for Black History Month. So he did a record called American Negro. Um, the podcast. Well, I'm going to get kicked for not remember the name of it. Um, you, can, you can tell me later, too. Yeah. Or you and can then, your um, phone if it's on your phone. Oh, okay. Absolutely. And then uh, the short film is an abbreviation, T-A-N, The American Negro. So it's, it's interesting. Um, cool. That comes out March 20th. Mar that's March 24th. Yeah. Cool. So, that's and, amazing. Yeah, it's, it's cool. So it was the first time I did anything like that and i got a lot of the same thank you i got a lot of the same thrills that i got out of performing live so there's a you know having to learn what you're doing the preparation the self-doubt the feeling like you're not going to make it yeah. and then those little victories and then you get there and then you start to own the stuff and then you really now you're in character and you get it and now you walk in and you can just do it and then that's incredible. Eventually, because eventually the tightrope comes out and you got to walk across it. And yeah. that is the coolest thing in the world. And so this yeah. does the same thing that playing a live gig does because it has a lot of the same challenges. But then there's that moment where you got to walk out on the tightrope. And right. that, you know, that was the same thing as playing a gig. I, <laughs> I don't think thing. so. I, I think that's like, I mean, there's, I think there's a huge difference. I think, um, acting, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty shy person and I, I am too scared to act that moment of just, um, surrendering and forgetting like your ego, I think is so cool. Like, uh, I think that's amazing that you could do that. I cannot act. I am too self Well, yeah, but you, you just, you just sort of play a fragment of who you are. We're, okay that's you know cool. so you're not is it really you i don't know is it some of you <laughs> sure you know um yeah, huh. but, but that's sort of what you do when you play a live gig because you're playing a character right you know it's you but it's a version of you you know it's right. not that hey you it's like you gotta like you know i know this when i front when i do a show and i'm fronting a band it's a different kind of me it's the same me right. but you get a little bit like a little bit more dressed up, try to look sharper, try okay. not to put the words up, you know, like okay. all that. You get a different version of you. But I think that's why musicians can act generally better than actors can be musicians. So I've, That's I've interesting. Seen, I, I really think it's true because you draw from this and you perform and you get people, 
I mean, hey, you know, you've had people throw stuff at you. Me too. You know, <laughs> you've gotten yelled at and booed and people flipping you off. Me too. You know, yeah. I mean, you learn something from all that. Yeah. And I, you don't, you just don't care. <laughs> no, that's so cool. <laughs> happens enough. You get immune to it. So, yeah. Well, no, that's super cool. I never really thought about that, but that's a, I'm going to try that out when I, like, I, I took like a voiceover class because I want to be like a cartoon character. That's like my dream, you know? Um, and, but I was like too shy to really like get into different, you know, just get outside of myself, like shake it out. But I like the idea of thinking. Well, yeah. I mean, but just, just think, what would this character sound like? Who is it? You're just channeling other things, you know, and it's not necessarily a direct reflection of you. Yeah. It's just you're channeling these other personalities and stuff. I it's like, sure. that's cool. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yeah. so cool. Thank you for that. I'm kind of, I'm excited no to problem. look back at this and be like, you know, back at this like weird class I just took or <laughs> it was just. Really- yeah, that was cool. I mean, it's a great thing. I mean, if you can get into it, it's a killer thing because you never have to leave town to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Well, you can I- do it from you can do it from the road and double dip, you know? Totally. Well, I also feel like I I just always had this idea that if somebody like gets made fun of for something their whole life, like if they can turn it into something that they like, you know, like I, mm-hmm. everyone's always made fun of my voice, which is fine. I think it's I now think it's funny. But, you know, it's mm-hmm. like if I can double down, like making it singing and talking like that'd be awesome. <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, absolutely. Because. You know, you, by having gotten your chops by being a live performer, <laughs> it's a really, I mean, it's a very different thing. You had to create the character that you're able to sustain <laughs> and pull it off. And it is, you know, authentically, but you know what I mean? It's just like, it's a yeah, little fragment. I didn't think about it that way. Thank you so much. Um, no thanks, Jack. Um, is there, is there anything that, um, like an, in, a, an instrument or something that like you just physically must play every day, like calls your name, like what, like first thing you think of when you wake up. Like- I mean, I, I, I still think probably at this point in my life, I probably play more bass than anything else. Oh, wow. Cool. And I really do enjoy it. Yeah. Because it has this beautiful authority and it's yeah. a translator between rhythm and melody. Yeah. And what you can do with space yeah. And when I was, I learned about a whole note when I was by about 21. So just space. Yeah. And then That's start so playing. And then start playing again. <laughs> you know, is there something about like nothing and then something? Yeah. It, something. So That's I learned that really young. And I mean, that's paid off incredibly well because I don't have anything to prove to anybody with an instrument. Because I look at it like I'm an entertainer that plays an instrument. That's cool. That's it. No, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not some skilled genius musician i have to work my ass off and i mean i've only i've only started studying music over the past three years oh wow i started when i was 59 studying like actually knowing and like being able to tell you with some reasonable authority what's going on <laughs> i only well, started recently i mean i i know i've learned shit over the past few years i probably should have known when i was 22 but i never bothered because i i came from a punk rock yeah thing and that was more about doing than thinking so yeah, no, totally. I mean, I learned all that stuff when I was like 16 and then forgot it. So you're you're better off than me. Also, do you? Well, you know, you can always come back around to it. Yeah. It's fascinating, yeah. You know? Well, I've, I've been thinking about it. 
Do you get like um do you have any like shitty bases right now? Like cheap bases flopping around laying around? Sure, always. Yeah. Really? Yeah, sure. Of course. There's always something. Okay, cool. There's That's always something. Base. Yeah, I'm my kind of like end of uh I quit smoking on like March twentieth. Uh just because I started staying with sorry, but I started staying with my nephews. Um, Last year? Yeah. Yeah. Really? So it's been, it's almost a year? Yeah. So I'm down to three a day. Yay. That's yeah, great. Like a month and a half. No, I mean, I'm just kind of over it, but congratulations. Good job. That's kind of like you're not smoking any though. Three's, I think I, that's acceptable. You know, but the thing <laughs> is, it's like, it's still indulging the demons, you know? Yeah. Because I just make it wait. Yeah. And then take like three puffs and put it out like that yeah. kind of thing. So it's not, it's, it's like cheating like crazy, but I figured rather than um, just trying to cold turkey it, I've been yeah. trying to use the energy that you get yeah. from the, you know, the, the kind of like That's you so want cool. one. So you yeah. use the energy. So instead of just like caving in, what you do is go, okay, well, I'll go do this for a while and then yeah. I'll check that later. That's so I've been getting all this stuff done. So that's, it's been really, it's extremely therapeutic. That's you know? awesome. Do you smoke weed? Sorry, oh, yeah. it, is that bad? <laughs> no, <laughs> I've never thought so once in my life. Uh, I actually find it highly therapeutic in the right uh, dosage. There's so. this, yeah, it's, I have this thing called dad grass. It's like these mm -hmm. joints that someone got for me. And that, but they're like, they don't get you high. And I've like smoked a couple of those. They're really, they're cool. Like substitute for smoking. But I was like, yeah, dad grass is a thing. Somebody gave me some recently. Oh, really? And I'm wondering if it's from the same backyard because it was like, yeah, it's not like some crazy narcotic. It's just like it's dad well, grass. I'm yeah, like, it's this Thank you. yeah. It's a company yeah. that has it. It's like, I don't know. Oh, I, yeah. Cause okay. like I have a really hard time writing and not smoking. Like, cause mm -hmm. that's just part of, what you do is you like sure. play and then you're like, I got to go outside. I don't know why. And they're like, Oh yeah, I smoke. Um, right. but, but anyways, yeah. So I wanted to get, I kind of was like, maybe I should get like a saxophone and learn saxophone, like to treat myself or I should get a bass. <laughs> Those are, that's where I'm at right now. Well, but bass will be, there's kind of two things and you know, you should probably do both cause you're inspired. Yeah. But <laughs> bass will definitely be informative um, musically and writing wise. Yeah. But also if you start with the right kind of technique and really do it right, it's going to change your guitar playing forever. Like yeah. you will play so much differently after you play bass for a while because the hand strength of it. Yeah. Saxophone's dope, but you know, that's a, that's a bit of a mountain to crawl. I mean, there's a, a young dude that I've toured with a lot. I don't think he's here right now. I think he's been living in Israel for a while, but if he was around, he'd be the guy to study with. Shy Golan, he's fucking. This dude is like twenty six or something. <laughs> yeah, because we would tour. We would tour yeah. with these, you know, conservatory and yeah, Juilliard people and all that. So I, you know, that was yes. interesting to process that. But um, you know, they're phenomenally talented people. Yeah, what's it like touring with such a big gr group and big production? It's well, everybody is so civilized and so sweet. Uh, there are no divas. There's no drama. Um, people are laughing. Nobody shirks responsibility. Um, you know, I mean, it's a very, very, very good crew of people. And so it makes it extremely easy. And, you know, I mean, it's 
it's easy on me. I mean, I, I'm probably the worst one of the bunch, but <laughs> you know, so I'm, you know, I'm the one most likely to drink, you know, a couple of pints at a show and smoke weed and all that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you but, um, you know, other members don't do anything like that. And so it's, it tends to be a real joy, you know, and That's it's cool. fun. And I mean, the music is heady and the shows like the last thing we did, you know, the whole thing was all in was probably a couple hours every night of playing. So that's a lot. To do. I forgot about that part, too. That That's a serious job. So you, what time do you, you all load in at typically? <clears throat> Maybe like three thirty four. Okay. And then whatever with that. Sometimes it's quicker than others. You know how it goes. Yeah. And then um, um, we were doing. Some of us that were touring were also um, labeled. You know, we're on the label. Yeah. So I had a record out, and then the singer Lauren that we work with, who's been in the mix a long time, and then a young lady, lady named Angela Munoz. And Angela was seventeen when she was touring with us. Wow. <laughs> she is incredible. I mean, a, a, a real professional. I could not believe how poised she was. <laughs> she was, you know, because it's like traveling with like, there's like 10 guys, like 11 people or something. Yeah. And, you know, she, we had our guitars stolen and she was, you know, She's, what are we going to do? I go, we're going to go to Guitar Center and buy two more and then return them when the tour's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, she was a champ. And so we, we would do an opening set. And so I would, you know, we'd do three songs each. And then the drummer that was touring with us would play with us. And so that would take half an hour, 40 minutes. And we'd take a little bit of a break. Then the band would come out for like an hour and change, something like that, hour and a half, whatever. So, so it was a lot every night, but you get used to doing it. And so it's yeah. like, once you pull the plug on it, it just goes, Yeah, you know, that's and, so, um, that's so cool. Yeah. This is funny. I mean, there was a song at the point of the set where Angela would play by herself. And it's, I started to notice that I wasn't the only person running off stage looking for the bathroom. <laughs> Cause you've been on stage so long yeah. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of pints of beer. So, yeah. you, know, you know, what's up. Yeah. And then, a couple of nights, like it got real tight, like because we'd have to race back and finish the song with her, right? Yeah. So she played like the first time through by herself, kind of on piano. Then we come back and finish it with her, and you had to make it back in time. And a couple of times, I was like sliding under the gate, you know. <laughs> and then I told her eventually, I said, Angela, I want you to be aware that when we're doing that song, <laughs> some of us are running off to the bathroom. So stretch out the beginning of it a bit. And so she would look around and she started stretching because she knew what was up. Yeah. yeah. So it is sweet, sweet, like real, real pro. And so, so yeah, but a, a char I mean, a super charming group of people, like truly charming. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, um, are you guys planning anything for summer or whatever, whatever people are doing? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Lauren had a record come out and he actually, uh, texted, <laughs> Because I play with Lauren as well. And so he texted myself and the other people in his thing and was like, hey, how are you guys doing? And I'm like, figure out what you want to do, man. Like, you know, I mean, because the, the traditional things that we would normally do are gone right now. So what do you do? Yeah. You know, what do you do? Like, you do like some video performance? I don't know. Is that yeah. even cool? Like, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, I haven't seen <laughs> I much that I thought, I haven't seen very much that I thought was like, wow, man, that really puts me in the place, you know? <laughs> it's, not, it's not a substitute. 
And I just don't think it flies, man. And and like, I want, you know, and I mean, I've seen it. I know you have like people doing this shit and it just feels kind of sad, man. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's not a substitute. Uh, No, no, it can't be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you would have to have like a crazy, like immersive virtual reality video game thing in order for it to even get close. Like a video game where you go to a gig, you see a band, but you can like go buy drugs in the bathroom or get fired. (laughs) Wait in line for the bathroom. (laughs) Puke on the bartender, hit on somebody, you know, whatever. Yeah. Hey, we're going to the club today. But yeah, Yeah. I mean, until that happens, I mean, I don't think there's any reasonable stuff. But, you know, I mean, with with, um, the successful rolling out of vaccines, seeing how that's going, um, you know, you learn a little bit more every day about it. I think there's so many people are, you know, dying to get back to it and not only the artists but also the yeah. you know we, we've been I've, I've been working on a record with brian and greg over at the store because we're oh, we cool. got a bubble we got a bubble band yeah and brian, brian's a really good writer and i yeah. i offered my services to him and i said yeah if you want me to play with you and write with you i'll do it so we wrote a 11 song record that's awesome and uh, you know alice from lulu's yeah She's going to play on the next recording. Cool. Oh, Adrian, produced, Adrian produced Adrian produced last record in the studio. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, cool. um, yeah. So we'll be playing and we're playing at the store and people can walk by and hear us and see us. Yeah. And it's it been non people always stop, say something to me the next day. Yeah. But it's with this real kind of longing. Yeah. You know, and then everybody that ever bullshitted a friend and said, oh, no, I'm going to go tonight yeah. to your gig at Spaceland on a Tuesday. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go. And then you blew it off because there was something better on Netflix. Yeah. Well, they're all yeah. going to regret those decisions. You know? I know. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, we played like two shows uh, or whatever, like two um, virtual things that were. I think like more important for us than anybody else. It was just like, (laughs) it needed to just like make people that, I mean, it just, it's just for you. Like we needed our friends that we would have seen all around the country to come and talk Mm -hmm. to us, (laughs) you know, like in the, in the, uh, backstage after the show comments on you know whatever like right but I what, what, what were those for what were those performances what were they um we did one for uh levitation they're doing okay. um they've been doing some pretty cool ones and we just made a halloween vhs which i can give to you if uh Ooh, if you have that's cool vhs player yeah our friends been making that's yeah he bought like five thousand uh, videos and so he, we we've been just like oh like you can't leave your house all you have is your computer well we're gonna make some VHSs for you so yeah it's I'll, amazing. I'll come drop really off cool. one because uh, yeah that'd be great I'd love to I'd love to check yeah, it out yeah it's, it's pretty cool it was super fun it was just like uh yeah we've and we've only seen each other um obviously like three times this year you know um right. but there's we have like uh. So like new backing singer, like our band is now like seven people. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last record was really great. Oh, thank you. Last record was really, when that came out, I went down the rabbit hole a little bit. <laughs> and um, 
to listen to that and look at some, I mean, it was, I was really, it was an impressive record. Thank you. Larry is an animal. Yeah, he is. It's he crazy. really is. I mean, he's gotten, he's gotten into this kind of like great kind of like Detroit riff. Yeah. Ability. Yeah, that's totally. really great. Man. Yeah. He's really, I mean, he really is something else. Cause I mean, I, K, K, X, E, P, K, E, X, P. Yeah. What was K-E-X-P. it? K, X, P. Yeah. That one? K, E, X, P. Yeah. I watched that around that time. I was like, God damn, man. It's yeah. really good. Like, this is a really he's good really band. Good. He's, yeah, yeah. He's like one of those, like, kind of same, kind of same era as you, just sort of like Wolfman, like, dude that's just like can just shred so so much so hard and that yeah, style. I mean, he, he, yeah he taps that style there's a there's a um a dude i know named doug cox and he's got a band called tramp for the lord okay the the dude that's the guitar player in that band yeah is sort of like the you know if there was an there was like um the uncle larry's yeah. uncle yeah as a player like yeah. that yeah, this dude, and I mean, That's he so is cool. in that in that type of guitar playing. This guy is amazing. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. So it's like New York, nineteen seventy six. Yeah. you know totally. that kind of swagger. Yeah, like it ain't nothing you've heard, but it's everything you've heard all at once. Totally, you know, it's yeah. it's the it's the familiar unfamiliar. Exactly. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. yeah so cool. No, it's uh, well, I always like to think of it as um anticipated but unexpected like mm-hmm. you know just where you're like oh yeah like oh yeah, yeah. It's, just like, it's everything you want but you didn't know it yeah so good <laughs> yeah i'm gonna tell him you said that he needs he no needs it's, it's, it's for real, like for real <laughs> yeah for real i mean it was really like like wow man like i really get it it's awesome cool thank you so much yeah well um, yeah and then there's that uh gabe flores do you know him he's in He's in a bunch of bands, but he played saxophone and Greg Ford. Oh, cool. Played. Uh, That's right. All that stuff. Organ, uh, Wurlitzer. Like, I had not seen a Wurlitzer played like that in a long time. Like, wow, awesome. Glorious. glorious so that's a lot. That's a lot of extra. Um, so, is that something else? What well, the goal was to tour with a band that big or what? I mean, we get out the scales or what? Yeah, well, we had like a kid's kids sing on the record too like Uh, it was just like i just had all this stuff inside my head and he like wanted it it just like that record needed to happen and i don't i didn't like care about the future and i guess i Uh got what i wanted i was like Uh i don't care i don't even well how how much is actually written before you go in studio uh nothing pretty much at all right i didn't think you yeah i mean like yeah i have like the framework of everything um Uh but nobody else knows it so (laughs) so you haven't tried to like pre-produce anything it's all pretty much it's like right out of you in the moment change it if you feel it that kind of thing pretty much i mean it'll be like for a month we'll kind of like shimmy around a few things but never it's just kind of like I'll be like, oh, I, 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 it's a really, it's a dumb process, obviously. But I'll be just kind of like, I it don't. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of like nothing's official or anything um, is really worked out until we get in there. But I just need, like, for the a month, we'll just play around with stuff, and then by the time we get in, I'll be like, okay, this is how it goes. And okay, so lyrics, same thing, right? Uh, yeah, that doesn't everything. Get written. Yeah, everything just gets written there. 
Cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's scary, but it's like, yeah, it's just I have to channel it because I'm just I don't like doing stuff twice. So I don't like writing it before it gets recorded. <laughs> sure. But, no, I get that. Um, there was a great you'll appreciate this. Jeffrey Lee Pierce one yeah. time told me a story about um, some label that was interested in signing him. Yeah. And he was, you know, if he didn't want to hear you, we let you, you know, like this guy could put you in your place. So <laughs> the label says, well, you know, we really want you to do some demos for, for us. And he said, demos, <laughs> I'll tell you what, go buy my last five records. It's going to be something like that. That's cool. Hell yeah. yeah. That's pretty, so cool. It's, it's pretty I'm, hardcore. I'm well, it's, it's like, buy the last five records. Yeah. It's like that. You know? Totally. Hey, Larry, <laughs> go listen to our last record. It's going to be something yeah, like that. that. <laughs> Imagine that. But something else, right? Yeah. So it's gonna, be, it's gonna be like that, but a little different. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Now I have a, a precedent uh, I can yes. say has been. It's, it's a it's a good it's a very cocky thing to say, but honestly, <laughs> with him at that point, because this was you know everybody kind of knew what he was about at that point. So even yeah. asking for a demo was kind of insult. Like really, yeah. like you know what you're getting. Like yeah, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> that's so cool. That. That's awesome. Well, um, is there anything else you would like to say to this moment in time? Well, you know, thank you for having me, really. Yeah. It, and it's such a joy to hang out and talk with you, even though it's like this. No, you know, but it's still yeah. amazing. Thank you amazing. so much. I, do, I love you. you so much and think you're so cool and really appreciate what you've done for everybody. And for me, you know, all these years, it's been so many years. I didn't even realize I've been here like 10 years or so yeah. ogling your store, ogling bases, deciding I don't like base anymore, deciding I do like base. You know, every <laughs> every six or months to a year, I'm bothering you about bases. So I appreciate yeah. <laughs> you letting me. Well, thank me. you. And by, you know, and the, the feeling is the same. You know, it's been a joy um, always to deal with you. <laughs> and I mean, watching the event, hearing about it firsthand or watching the adventures from afar has never once been dull. I'll say that. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's great to see you constantly keep growing and moving. And I'm glad that you're keeping yourself engaged, keeping yourself challenged, and keep moving forward with whatever you're doing. So good for you. So well, much. I love no you. problem. I love you too.